¿Qué onda, primos y primas? And welcome back to my Venus podcast. My name is Freddy, and tonight, along with me, as always, is my primo and yours, el primo Chicume, el primo Siete, primo Ulises. Walter, Ulises, Walter with a hard G, my primo uh -huh. and yours, Walter. Say hi to everybody, Walter. Hello, peeps. Um, and then, in addition... And then, yeah, that's... So, I mean, push that aside. We are... Yeah. I mean, honored guest, you know, another uh, blessing of having this medium to work with when it comes to talking to people and the fact that they're all locked in by law now. Yeah. You know, it's easier, to, easier to nail people down. Exactly. Keep them. Hey, have, I know your home. I know your home. <laughs> so it's like, it's like we're, we're like the testigo de Jehová when they come and knocking on your door. Uh, like, they're yeah. They're like, we know your home. Hey, I know you're there, man. But <laughs> you know. I know. The pleasure of introducing, of course, Mr. Javier Hernandez, creator of El Muerto. He is here visiting with us today. We're going to be uh, kind of gushing over him. Of course, like I'm always, I'm a huge fanboy of his. But Javier, thank you for coming on the show and just, uh, I guess, greet all the listeners. Hey, well, thank you, uh, Freddie and Walter, having me back. And yes, hello, listeners. Uh, good to be back here on the show for, I think, a third time. Um, I always feel, I mean, you guys are called the Primos Podcast. Yeah. I feel like I'm at the dinner table hanging out with my my younger primos so cool. and we're at a we're at a safe uh what 2000 miles social distance yeah, from we're la oh, 2, yeah. miles. 2, so miles. we're good yeah. we got the we're cdc here. guidelines here yeah thought about yeah. wearing the mask as a as a semblance of you know what we're all in here let's wear a mask but no i think you know digitally we're okay it, is, it hasn't it hasn't jumped good. to the internet yet at least I mean, there's other viruses we got to worry about but not that one but, um, you know what? That's a that's a sci-fi story I should do where a, where a biological virus mutates digitally. It's probably been done, but there, damn. There's something there, though, man. There's something there. You know, Walter has a whole a whole conversation we've discussed about how this is. He believes we're in a simulation, so that's a whole different conversation. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's already been <laughs> out. Like, but but I don't know. Like, it's it's weird how. Um, I forget last time I, I, I forget. Oh, fue comprar, fue la panadería aquí a la vuelta de la esquina. And I remember, like, okay, I was like checking for my mask, but then I was like, I don't know if you ever seen those like a very utopian sci-fi future movies where you know people there's like ridiculous thing, ridiculous things happening in the world, and everybody's like cool with it, and we're living that right now. You know, you get your mask, you gotta avoid hornets, murder hornets. And like I say, there's like a bunch of things going on, but it's like, we're in the future, man. We're in the we're future. We're living the future so. now. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, Primos, just thank you for, of course, listening to us here week by week. You can follow us at My Primos Podcast on all social media. And, of course, all the streaming and podcast services around the globe. And uh, we want to just kind of, first thing I always do is just catch up. Javier, since you're the guest and I haven't heard from you in months, we talked pre-COVID. Now we are here post COVID. Well, in COVID. No, mid COVID. Mid COVID. Tell us, man. What has this? What have you been up to for so many months? I mean, tell us. Fill me in. Well, you know what? I'm sure your reader, your listeners, and you guys have probably heard from artists, creative people, and I'm going to say the same thing. In a way, we're always at our table anyway, in our studio, wherever we work. You know, independent artists for the most part. We're kind of always working at home anyway. Yeah. Um, so in, in that way, it's not a huge change. In my particular case, you know, I also teach. Um, so the listeners know I, uh, I'm a teacher. I, like I teach um, comic book and cartooning classes. I'm an independent contractor, so I, I don't work full-time at a school. But um, So I, I had three teaching gigs. Um, I'm here in Los Angeles, so, you know, LA Unified School District shut down. So that affected one of my teaching jobs. And then our library system shut down, which I'm sure it did all over the country. Yeah, so I too. was teaching a class, right, yeah. And then I was teaching at a middle school, um, not too far from where I live in my hometown. Um, and, of course, that shut down. So, um, yeah, that kind of dried up temporarily until that gets all back up and running again. Um, so that was a change because, you know, I probably lost about, you know, between commuting and everything, it was probably like 10 hours a week because it was just three classes, one-hour classes, but... Um, but yeah, you know, it's a weekly income, but, you know, independent artists, you know, I sell stuff, sell my books on the internet and stuff like that. Um, so it's been kind of 
a little change, but then kind of a big change, and then and it's more like stress and anxiety as well. Like, a, a lot of the cons canceled, right? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, that, you know, I mean, that was the other well. revenue stream. And a yeah. lot of them are still pending, right? At this at this moment, a lot of them are still up in the air, right? Whatever falls. After, yes. After this, yeah. No, like for, I had forgotten there was another revenue stream. Like, oh yeah, the shows. Yeah, I know I didn't yeah. do at least about probably four or five shows, and also. Again, this is not we're not complaining because we I we do. I know there's people that don't. No. We can get into that later. We understand why you got to shut things down mm-hmm. right in the beginning and then figure out what opens up. So, I wasn't going to go to man, Louisiana uh, State University to do a lecture there. Oh, cool. Um yeah, yeah. So, the the instructor professor there, Stefan Endes, he's really cool. He's like, "Yeah, let's wait to see what happens in either the fall or the spring, but I definitely want you back." So, and I was, had another speaking engagement that also got postponed. So, um, like I said, you know, other people lost their full-time job. Yeah. I lost these, I lost these independent freelance gigs that, you know, were part of my, uh, uh, can working I, job. So can I ask though, yeah. and I'm curious because like, you've always been since I mean, from what I know about you and what you've shared with us on previous shows and just with us personally, you've always been on that hustle on your own, right? You've always had that motor in you that are moving, taking care of business without having to rely on someone else. Don't get me wrong. There's camaraderie, right? And no, no. Right. But you always said, just go do it, go do it. Do you, do you, do you. Do you think having that already in you, that motor already running, so when this shit hit the fan and everybody else had to scramble and go, oh, shit, what do I do? That hustle didn't stop. I mean, yeah, revenue got cut off, but that still motivated you to, to, to keep yourself going? Like, did you? Did, I mean, you felt a hit. I'm guessing financially, but yeah. did it stop yeah. you from what you usually were doing, anyways? Uh, no, no. Because if anything, you know, I got more hours in a week to sit down and to draw, write, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, I like the word the hustle because I've heard that before. Not yeah. just for me, for any independent artist. Yeah, we are always hustling. There's times where it works out where there's no summer school classes for me. So I have a long, dry summer as an instructor, but there's more summer conventions. But like Walter brought up, right now there's no convention, there's no, uh, for me, out here in California, L.A., no uh, teaching. So, but what that does, it's, okay, let me keep working, use the rest of the extra hours to work even more. And I even started uh, a YouTube channel, which I've always wanted to do again. (laughs) I got more a time. You're, are you a cooking one or what? <laughs> cooking <laughs> yeah, yeah, like cooking you're, no, no, I, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I, I'm, cl- I'm cleaning. You know, vacuuming. I heard that people do oh, these yeah. super channels. That's crazy. Make, Makeup you know, tutorial, uh, making, vacuum tutorial. Cooking dead, yeah, cooking dead animals with uh, El Muerto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Biting my nails because I'm on nervioso yeah. and stuff. But no, no, yeah. it's uh, Los Comics TV. And uh, Los Comics is my publishing uh, imprint. Uh-huh. So LCTV. And I just talk. What do I talk about? The comics. I talk about my comics. Like, you know, just talk about the history of this one or that one. I do drawing demos. Or, you know, geek out. I love to geek out. And then I always like to um, show and tell. Like, So I did this unboxing video series. I did three episodes where I had like 50 books I ordered from... Japan nice. and across the U.S. Manga. Go to the guy, yeah. the guy who does Devil Man. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so no, I've been doing stuff like that. So. I saw you were like posting a lot of Devil Man stuff, and if, yeah, it, like that. It kind of goes hand in hand with your style, you know, like kind of like that, just that grittiness to it, and the manga style is black and white, and then you have the manga muerto connection, you know, like, like right. it's all it all correlates, you know, so it kind of fits what you're into. That's cool. Like, I've always wanted to do some type of video series where it's just kind of like, well, you know, we all got bookshelves. It's just like, okay, let me just go to this bookshelf and pull out a chunk of the books I got, and let me just look through them in, on the camera and just tell people, hey, check this out. Here's this, and talk about the artist. So that's what my channel's about. Um, the one thing that's probably different about my – I shouldn't say that because there's probably thousands of people out there. I don't, on my video, you never see my face. It's not that I'm shy. I'm all over the social networks. But – I have the camera facing down on my tabletop, so I just start filming. You see my two hands all the time, but all the audience sees, and what they should see, I think, is the visual. They see what I'm drawing, 
they see all the books I'm going through, the comics I'm flipping through, the artwork I'm showing, and I just talk. I do about 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And um, so, yeah, it was intentionally just look at the product. Don't worry about my big brown so beautiful you're like face. A, so, so you're like uh, one of those like shopping channels. They just see your hands. Yes, <laughs> QVC. You're like QVC. <laughs> and then you just go like. <laughs> yep. Man, you're gonna have a I got to get a manicure. In hand, in hand. Yeah, you get a manicure. Get manicure. A hand model. I got to get a manicure and a Rolex to show off. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. Manicure and a Rolex. Yeah, but then, then, man, people will be like, man, the dead man's making money. That that Rolex on you. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> Nothing flashy on this guy. No rings, no yeah. uh, bracelets. It's... No, man. You look at a, my book. Just, just look at my book. Friendship bracelet, mejor. Yeah. But that's cool. YouTube channel's great. Like, we've never dived into that avenue. You know, we've thought about it. We've talked about it, right? Like, we've kind of pondered it. We've thought about it. Yeah. It's not like it's something that I haven't dabbled in on my own side. Like, I've messed with stuff in the past, you know. And Right. It, but that's cool. You just kind of said, you know what? I got to do it. Now I have an extra 10 hours a week. I got to jump in and do something. Right. I mean, but, but, if, but, if, uh, but if Javier's doing his hands, we're going to have to do our feet, right? Like uh, <laughs> You're opening up you're opening up to a whole different, uh, uh, what is that? Oh, I can get, we, we can definitely get the foot fetish people yeah. on there, man. Yep. Shoot, actually, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Or the Warachi. Right. There's, there's, yeah, there's a whole Warachi there's a whole Warachi uh, foot fetish oh. uh, club. Or there chunkla, that is chunkla fetish thing, dude. I have hairy feet though, so. <laughs> hey man, all I know is that there's something for everybody in the internet and in the world, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's weird. Can, it's weird. You can fall down a different rabbit hole, and yeah, but uh, you know, for us here, I had a wedding yesterday, mid COVID. A wedding. A wedding. A, a wedding. Wedding. A wedding. A wedding. Oh. So check this out. Yeah. A buddy wow. of mine, yeah, he got obviously he's, he planned it a, a year ago. He's gonna get married, and then I asked him, "Hey man, your wedding's coming up. Is this still happening? Like, is this a conference call wedding? I mean, how are we doing this? A Zoom wedding?" <laughs> um, <laughs> and and but what's funny was he's like, "Well, our registry's online, so you don't have to worry about going to a store." When I'm like, "Okay, so at least that's that." But no, hey, hey, we're gonna have a small number of people. We need to we need RSVPs. Cool. I ended up going with my son. My wife couldn't go. Just kind of, you know, she wasn't comfortable with the scene, you know, with the health and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 15, 15, 16 people maybe, including the staff that worked there. They had, they rented wow. a little, you know, like a little ballroom. A very small group. It was just obviously very, very close uh, family and us. We're good friends with them. And it was interesting. I thought I was going to be kind of the weird guy with the mask, but... Only like three or four people weren't wearing a mask. Everybody was wearing a mask and gloves. Uh, I wasn't wearing gloves, but everybody was very cautious. There was space between seats. Right. Everybody was seated apart. Everybody just kept to themselves. Eight, the bride and groom walked to every table and just kind of greeted everybody. Like, it was very, it was nice because you had your one-on-one -on -one time with the with the couple. Right. Right. It was it was intimate because everybody was so far apart from each other. You gave them their congratulations. You everybody kept their distance. And it was just very, like you said, it's like, this is the world we're in now. That it's just so, this is something you're going to have to get used to. And it's a trip. I never thought I'd go to a wedding like like that. And I know these people. I'm talking like my kid and his kid grew up together. Like, we've known each other 10 plus years. I know them. But we're very cautious. And I went to a wedding, and it was good. It was fun. Uh, the dancing was weird. Because <laughs> everybody's kind of <laughs> like long dancing from It was It was funny in a way, but... Give or take. I mean, I don't know. Have you guys had any weird New World Order kind of changes now with COVID? Have you had to deal with? I try to avoid any, uh, you know, the family. When the family wants to get together, like, well, today was Father's Day. So, hey, we got to go see Dad. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, everybody mask up because the guy's 90, you know, 92 and everything. And mom's up there. But, yeah, no. So, I, I get anxious. When I said I get, earlier I said I get nervous and anxious. I get anxious about that type of stuff, like, yeah, they gotta see the dad. I get that, but it's like, because the whole Latino thing is, man, we're fine. I don't got it. You're good. Like, don't you know? Like, I'm not gonna worry about it. But is it? Is it? I don't know how you feel. I mean, I, I feel some way about it. I mean, hey, come on, I asked you, do me a solid, just do it, be cool. But then some just refuse to, like that. I'm overreacting. What, what were you guys' thoughts? I speak my mind. You know, you don't have to yell at people or use bad language. But hey, guys, it's th it's this way because of this. And his situation and whatever. That I, I got to speak my mind. 
So I, I, I just put that out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just not visit. I'm just not visiting anybody. I mean, just keep it yep. simple for now. Like right, I miss right. you, but I miss you, but not that much. <laughs> so I ain't gotta go see you. So there's many, many different ways I can send a letter. I can call you. I can see you. Much of other stuff. So. No, but it's just a trip. Yeah, how there's so still that that divide, right? Like there's still people stomping on on the ground that this is unnecessary. That a mask is oh my unnecessary. Gosh. That I don't need to be. I don't need to keep my distance and all all this junk, right? And it's just crazy that. The reason I even bring it up is because I'm like, wow, like, it's like everyone can't be wrong. You know, there's a, there's a whole thing where I used to. I, mean, I mean, okay, I mean, we can be wrong, put it that way, but like, es una pinche máscara, nomás póntela en el hocico ya, like, give, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> put the damn thing on and, and like, you know, shit, some people God just because in case they don't want to be wrong, so. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's just ridiculous, and a lot of it is driven by the whole, you know, all this rhetoric about hey, it, it, it's a virus in Wuhan, and they're comparing it to Resident Evil type stuff, you know, like it got released. You can also get you now. So I don't know. Just love, fuck it. Just don't go to a, a convention, a <laughs> comic con on a boat on a cruise. <laughs> You'll be good. True, true, true. But yeah, I think it's so. a hotbed. Hey, Freddie. What's up, man? Well, I was curious about the wedding, and don't tell us the person's name or their, you know, sure. who they are in relationship. But you said you said only three people didn't wear masks. Yeah, I'm just curious. Were like, was it like the staff or was it certain family members? Again, don't identify no, them. No, but I'm no, just no, curious. No. It like, was, from what I understand, and it was just, uh, this is the weird thing. It was older people, on the family side. Wow. On the family side, older. but right. one of them yeah. had one of them had the mask in their hands. So I'm like, like Walter says, right? Maybe just in case someone coughs. No, 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 no. He's he's a dick, but he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> want people to think he's a dick. You know that's why he just had it on his hand. He'll wave it up. Look, I got it. I got it. He'll wave it. The other two didn't care. No, it's funny because you know we walk up to the to the venue, right? And it's a girl standing outside, and she has a device in her hand. I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna take my temperature. That's what I'm thinking, oh, yeah. right? No, but it's a camera. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, you're taking a picture. She goes, yeah, I'm gonna take a picture, and I go. But we're all wearing masks, and she's like, "I know, I just have to, I still have to take your picture." And we're like, "Okay, so all oh, that's funny taking pictures." And we're like, "We'll remember this as that 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 kind of wedding. You know, it's gonna be a time capsule." But I said I was yeah. almost ready. I was more surprised on a camera than I would have been a thermometer. That's what. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's crazy because, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of like we've become very comfortable with like you know fu- future. Uh, utopic sci-fi scenarios that we always kind of, you know, portray and get, you know, our artists create like like yourself and, and or like, what's it called that, uh, like Blade Runner, all that type of really like dark, you know, shit. Right. And we're here now and, and you know, we immediately fall into line, which is, which is good, but scary at the same time, you know, in terms of keeping, keeping like so societal order, you know. But you know, staying civil. I know. But it's scary too that it's scary that we just fall in in line as well, you know. Well, on that, I, I had a friend I used to work with years ago, and he was one of these guys that would have hung out with Walter. Big into conspiracy theory, militant dude, black guys, just like man, the government's out to get us. Uh, you know, they put stuff in our water, which they well, do, and, and well, it goes, turns out they they are to get us. <laughs> they are. It turns out he was right. Yeah. But he had a theory Smarting. that. The reason why we're complacent is because of all the movies we watch that uh, the government, you know, how Terminator has Skynet is because Skynet actually does exist. It's a real company. It's a telecommunications company and Skynet really exists and saying we're complacent with Skynet existing because of Terminator movies. "Ah, It's fake and Arnold's going to show up and save us. Right. That we've been brainwashed to believe that all these things are going to happen for a while and then someone's going to come along and save us. And so the oh, government's so we've getting... Been, a, we've been, we've been okay. over and over again, like, like uh, brainwashed to believe that. And they're doing it on purpose because they'll say, you know what, what would happen if we, the government, decided to release this thing into the wild? What would happen? Well, let's make a movie out of it, see how the, the crowd reacts to it. It becomes so wow. normal that then when it really happens... They don't really freak out about it, and it's like, okay, man, you're reaching. But do you? Do you? Uh, now he's like, 
it makes me feel like maybe he had a little bit of truth. Is there really something there? Are we so well, traumatized? What are you doing, Javier? You're about to uh, you're about to put on your bullshit shades. Or what? No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm Roddy Piper from They Live. Oh, They Live. <laughs> there it is, man. Put the shade. Now I see the truth. I see. Yeah, just yeah, all this. They live. Yeah, I love that freaking fun. movie. God, it's so fun. I love those campy movies, though. Like, you go back and you look at them, you're like, oh, shit, there was some... At the end of the day, you're telling... It's like the product of the time, right? Like... They they joke around. Roddy Piper, when he was alive in Carpenter, when they hear, do interviews, yeah. like, recently about... Like, oh, yeah, that movie was uh, was prophetic. It, it was, you know, it was, a, it was a documentary, as Carpenter says. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's... it's interesting. It's interesting, but, like, with creative, we have that liberty where we write something, we draw something, we... we put something out there in the ether in the world and it's always a product of of ourselves the environment we're in and what's moving forward right and so i've always we've talked about it before on the show where we say like we're put in a, in a tight situation or humanity's put in a tough spot we always become more creative right like in finding solutions at least i would hope so but in creating creating art and creating you know something for example a comic i mean this time and what's going on right now has that led you to towards something something new something that we can look forward to like the particular time um just, I, yeah i don't think so i mean like i mean just just going by the timeline like I, I was already working on this graphic novel um you know when the shutdown happened it just it just it didn't really change anything in my head as far as the writer it just kind of cleared up it took off a little space off my shoulder as far as like yeah, it sucks not working, but at the same time, okay, you know what? For a few months, I don't have to worry about making lesson plans for classes. I don't have to worry about checking in with students. And You know what? Okay, take that out of your mind. So that just frees up space, like for me, or like I said, takes a little uh, responsibility off my back for a while. Nice. And then I just throw myself more into the work, the, whatever I was working on. So, hey, speak, speaking of movies, I went, speaking of movies, I just realized that uh, Cuba Goody Jr. was has two movies about pandemics. Because I was watching, yeah, I was watching one, I came across one on, on TV last time, because you were talking about, you know, uh, conspiracy theories, and there was there's this one called Daybreak, where he's really young, and he play and he's, it's just, everybody's quarantined, and if you get, if you get tested and you come positive, they disappear you or something like that. Wow. So it's like it's look it up. It's called Daybreak, and then he was also in that other one, Pandemic, the most recent one, the one with the monkey, that they're looking for a monkey and the military. Like same thing, outbreak, outbreak. No, yeah, outbreak. outbreak right. No, Daybreak and outbreak. Yeah, um, and yeah, same thing where they disappear. So yeah, it kind of it kind of makes you think. But anyways, it just popped into my head right now. He has two, two well, Pandemic movies. Coming to, to sci-fi is gonna be uh, Shark Sharkdemic. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's crazy. Sure don't, you know, don't, hey, don't if there, if it no, Buckaroo Banzai was a real movie. If you guys don't know what that is, Buckaroo Banzai was a real movie, and so was Velasa Pastor. So if that, if those two movies, yes. Oh yes, Velasa. Velasa Pastor, or it's it is what it sounds like, a pastor what? that has the ability to turn oh. into a, a dinosaur. Okay. I and, think I saw some. Yeah, <laughs> Buckaroo Banzai, but you know. And then what's that other one? Um, they have shark, shark the puss, and yeah, and Velasa Velasacuda, something like that. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it just ah man. I mean, we we already have murder murder hornets, so we're we're working way up. You we're know? getting there. We're we're getting there. But we're working on things. We're we're in this new world is making us just it's just a trip. It's a trip. But Javier, we have you on the show tonight too, of course, catching up. But you tease a little bit between us that you know you're you've been working on something uh, for a while. You know, before this, in the middle of this, and now here we are. I want you to kind of take the floor, if you would, and just let us know what is next for Javier Hernandez. Well, Javier Hernandez and hopefully a whole bunch of people uh, pitching in. So, like I told the primos right now, I was working on the second El Muerto graphic novel. The first one uh, came out about two years ago, um, El Muerto, Days of the Dead, which that one basically is the whole origin story of El Muerto. And so I kind of retold 
the earlier issues from the late 90s, early 2000s. I kind of redrew those early ones and did a new ending. So that was the first book. The second book is called Casa del Diablo, and it continues literally from the end of the first book. So the graphic novel, I'll still be working on it the rest of the year. Um, hopefully, if I'm lucky, it should hopefully get it out by, say, January, February. Say February, March. We'll see. In the meantime, I have the first uh, 26 pages of that book done, which is part one of the book. The book's divided into part one, part two, and part three instead of chapters. Um, so, like I've done before, I go, well, let me put out, since I'm not doing conventions, as we talked about, you know, I haven't done a convention in three months, and I probably won't do any for a few more months, maybe the rest of the year, who knows. So, in a way for me to get a new product out there, engage with fans, engage with new fans, I'm doing a Kickstarter, my first one I've ever uh, uh, launched, uh, I'm doing a Kickstarter campaign for Casa del Diablo Preview Edition. It's a full comic. The 26 pages are in there. It's got a nice new cover and everything. Um, that's going to be available. And I also do a deluxe version of that, where it's, this, it's a different cover. The 26 pages plus 29 pages of what we call the thumbnails, like the rough draft pages. Okay. So for people out there who like all this behind-the-scenes, you know, quote-unquote DVD extra process work, they can get that one. And then also, and I'm sure we'll be talking about all these three. At the same time, I've been uh, finishing up the, that 26 pages. I came up with this idea the other a few weeks ago. I don't know, I'm a, we mentioned already Golden Guy, Devil Man. I mean, he's a Devil Man fan. And I've always wanted to do, like, like the name Devil Muerto just rolls off the tongue for me. Like, okay, I like that name. And I decided to sketch, uh, do some sketches or just designs for, like, what, what would a devil muerto look like? You know, our, our hero, Diego, as a, maybe a possessed demon, but he's also a hybrid El Muerto demon. So anyway, Ooh. I started doing a bunch of drawings of this character. Colored, I put them on my social networks. Color drawings, marker drawings, whatever. And I go, you know what? I'm going to put together an art book called En Diabliado. So it's a tongue twister for me still. En Diabliado. Basically. Basically means what possessed, I think, yeah, demonic. So that's going to be one of the uh, rewards in this Kickstarter. Not to, not only do you get to um, pick the preview comic if that's what you want, but you can get this and Diabliado art book, which is just artwork. There's no story in it, but it's just production art. And eventually, this uh, Devil Muerto character will be showing up in the El Muerto graphic novel series. So um, that's just the basic gist of it. So yes, folks. Kickstarter starts uh, Wednesday, June 24th, which might already be running by the time people hear the hear, hear this episode, but um, we'll have info, I guess, at the end of where they can find that. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and make sure that we post along with you. Uh, you know, by the time this episode launches, the Kickstarter has already gone live. Uh, you will uh, provide us, of course, the link. We'll provide the links and everything on our yes. social media as well for the Kickstarter uh, for El Muerto. And we'll, of course, put things up on our social media. We'll be, of course, putting out, you know, uh, find, you can follow Javier on his social media, his website, elmuerto.com, uh, you know, havzilla.com. Of course, all his social media as well will have links to get to the Kickstarter for El Muerto. And I was privy enough to read a little bit of the preview. And I'm excited. Uh, if you guys are fans of Javier and El Muerto, this is what we've all been waiting for. This is the the continuation because like El Muerto is not dead you know no pun it's like he's not dead guys if, if you follow the books if you followed it from the beginning and where we're at even in the, the last book Diego's on a mission you know and we want to see what happens to El Muerto and I'm, I'm excited to see that this has been given that push and you know I'm a fan I'm going to be sure to jump in there and, and, and support Javier I hope that you listeners out there that are listening to us can give Javier that that support that following, just push it out there. Share it, retweet it, get it out there in front of people because it's a numbers game, guys. Let's be real, right? More people see yeah. it, more people are interested. And Kickstarter is, you know, so for those that don't know, it simply is you're pushing yourself out there. You have a pitch. You're putting your work on display to get the financial support from the people that want it, right? And as long as funding gets provided, there's perks involved where you're given certain little peeks at things, like Javier said. 
uh, there will be different tiers depending on what you're doing to help the project move forward. And of course, and if we get 100% funded, we have a book to look forward to. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so over the last 10 years, I've been publishing 22 years, but about 10 years ago I started doing um, pre-orders on my website. Like, hey, guys, I got this new comic called The Coma. Uh, go to my website, my web store, you can pre-order it. And I've always had very low uh, numbers on that, like l low double digit, you know, 10, 20, 30 copies. Um, but that helps because the people pay up front and everything. So I've had this desire to do a Kickstarter for years. But, man, I've had this, like, burning phobia of, like, you know, Kickstarter failure. Public, because it's, like, to me, it's all dramatic. It'd be this huge, spectacular public failure. Um, but... You know, again, maybe because uh, we're talking about, again, back to uh, stay at home and all this, trying different things. I did a channel. Okay, you know what? Let's do this Kickstarter. You know, it's not just me trying to make up for not having conventions. You know, the fans, they, they're not going to conventions either. So maybe they're looking for different things. Like you said, either an old-time fan wants to keep up with El Muerto, or hopefully Kickstarters that I'm looking for is new fans who are looking for stuff. So um, it's kind of I'm kind of using this as a convention experience and like, hey, I got something. I'm taking it out to the people, and then conversely, the people out there, fans, can hey, I can't go to shows. Let me go online and see what's new. So no, I mean it's it's a great thing, especially right now. Instead of you going out and spending thirty, forty dollars on a meal at, at some random restaurant, you're staying home. You're cooking <laughs> more. You're, you're you're at home. Enjoy yourself a copy of of the latest El Muerto book. And, you know, you, you're supporting the community, you're supporting representation, and you're supporting an artist, you know, like, I, I definitely am excited for it, you know, I'll be participating, and I'm excited. Hey, for, for the for the Kickstarter, because they, because you were saying failures because they post how many, how much money you're getting, right? And like, you can see? Yeah, yeah, like, so on the Kickstarter, well, the Kickstarter, so you got to come, you as the producer or whatever, you have to cut, state your goal, what's, what? price point do I have to hit? So in my case, um, it's $2,000. Um, that's exclusive for you guys. Um, like, of course, by then, by the time they hear it, people will know. Yeah, by the time this is um, out, this is out. So we want to make sure we hit that goal, kill it, go yes, over it. Yeah. And and God bless everybody uh -huh. if when they're listening to this later in the week, if the goal has been passed. I'm like, wow. That'd be awesome. Um, anyway, so the thing with Kickstarter, the whole phobia thing, Walter, is you have to make that goal what you stated so if i only make 1800 bucks by the time it's over you know eh, it didn't work and nobody gets charged and then you don't get the money. yeah it's, it's all or nothing there's a, like there's another one indiegogo where you say hey i want to raise 2000 and then you do it for 30 days and you only raise 500 well, okay well that you get to 500 it's but kickstarter is go for broke do or die Put all the numbers on red seven and spin that roulette wheel, baby. Yeah, do they charge? Does Kickstarter charge you for doing it, or how? Yeah, there's fees, nothing up front, but then okay, whatever you get, and then and they tell you like when you set up yeah, the yeah, yeah, uh, program, you, I'll see the percentage that they get, and then there's another percentage that goes to Amazon for because Amazon owns it for processing all the credit cards, and then there's uh, then you got to put some money aside for taxes, um, but that's all. Like for me, when I'm when I'm in when I'm in the, um, you know, the application, I see all that okay. up front. So well, yeah, I didn't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't know about that. And the so. reason why yeah. it's it's more popular is because it either hits or it doesn't. Like it either goes yeah. or it doesn't go, you know. But I'm hoping that we can at this point, like we've reached the goal or close to it, uh, and uh, just go support. You know, I'm gonna be supporting it. I'm really excited. I keep saying it over and over again because I I want to see the next chapter. And I'm really rooting for, for the story because what you the little preview you've given us, uh, you know I'm not giving much away, uh, and but I enjoy it so far. You know we we see a glimpse of what it has happened after the last book, and I've even I want to touch on this as far as you working on it, so separated from the last book to this one, I, I feel like you've modernized a little bit of it to take effect as of today. You know especially touching on like social media and. And then coping with uh, the loss of Diego, like, uh, 
is that in, obviously that's intentional, but like, did you consciously make that decision? Like, well, this was back in, you know, 1990 something, and here we are, 2020, and I've revamped it once. Now we revamp it again. Is that just something you're trying to do for new new readers? So I started the comic in 1998, the very first Elemental story, and then over the couple of years, I did like the second part of it, and then a few years later, the third part. And then I started doing other comics in between, and then we had a I had a movie deal, El Muerto, in 2001. I got this initial contact, and then that took some years to do. Then there was a movie come up. Uh, that we filmed a movie in 2005, came out in 2007. Anyway, and I did other comics, The Man Swamp, The Coma. So long story short, by the time 2015 comes around, whatever, I'm like, oh, man, I better get back to my original El Muerto comic. Yeah. So I did the fourth chapter right, you know, the concluding part where he's at the circus yeah. freak show. So then I had those that book done, and I go, well, I got to collect the previous issues together. But then I go, you know what? When I looked at those three previous issues, this is Javier from 98 drawing. This is Javier from 2002. From two, so I didn't like the artwork. It didn't match up to my then-current style or quality. Yeah. So I had to redraw all those, which was I put out in that graphic novel, Days of the Dead. So the new one is just continuing from there in my modern, I don't want to say style, because I, I mean, just my modern level of quality of art I'm doing. Um, so hopefully I'm answering the question. But um, so yeah, it's just a continuation from there. Um, and then it opens up where we find out his friend Zach, his best friend Zach is a, is a mess because he lied. I don't know if the, the audience knows. So in the Muerto story, so let me backtrack. It's about this young man, 21 years old, Diego de la Muerte, born on Day of the Dead. Um, on his 21st birthday, he gets killed in a car accident, and then he ends up, he wakes up in the Aztec land of the dead, Miklan, in front of the god of death and the god of destiny, Miklan Tecutli and Tezcatlipoca. Took me years to get the names uh, pronounced <laughs> correctly. Our yeah. beautiful ancient yeah, Aztec Nahuatl. Um, uh, so then he comes back to Earth the, the gods rip his heart out they send him back to Earth a year later for some mission but one of the gods double crosses the other one so Diego ends up on Earth a year later and instead of the ability to kill people when he touches them when he touches a dead person they come back to life which is a crazy power last time I heard yeah. a power like that I think was uh, Jesus Christ yeah. um, <laughs> I was going there as I, I mean, man there's a lot of a lot of connect, not to connect, a lot of dots to connect. Pretty successful, pretty much. successful, pretty successful book, though. Very successful <laughs> book. Very successful book. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. So the new book uh, continues where, after Diego's in this freak show in the first book and down in Mexicali, he hears that but there's a curandero in Tijuana. He wants to see maybe this curandero can help him with this, because to him it's a curse. Like I don't want to be deciding who lives, who comes back. Um, so the um, the new graphic novel starts. He's driving across. I don't know if people know Baja California, but there's this famous mountain uh, highway called La Rumerosa. It, it runs from Mexicali into Tecate and then onto Tijuana. So Diego's driving across that rocky mountain way, and he sees this car crash down the mountain, and it's a woman. Uh, her name is Dolores Tremosa, and Diego tries, you know, goes to help her. And her child's been kidnapped. That's why she was on that road trying to go find the perpetrator. And her car crashed. We'll, we'll tell you why later in the book. And yeah. um, so she basically says, hey, dude, you know, she's like, she's, she's got to get up and go, man. Her child is missing. Think of, think of Ripley or Sarah Connor, like a badass mother, a yeah. badass woman. Yeah. Got to save a child. Um, that, they were two good models when I looked at coming up with this character. Um, so they get in Diego's car and they drive off through the mountains trying to, you know, look for clues, whatever. And, um, I won't tell people right now where they end up at, but it, sure. it is in the preview book. Yeah. It's exciting because um, me as a fan reading this, I'm going through it and I'm like, oh man, I get the, I get the vibe. Cause as a parent, your child missing is there's, there's no other well, word to describe it. You, this is your only mission is your child. And Diego is on a mission as well. Think about it. Diego's on a, on a mission for his life. Because this curse is not Yeah, alive. literally. Right? Literally. This curse right, is that right. he's stuck in between. He, 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 
if you follow the previous books, there's a lot of internal conflict with Diego trying to just get. He's trying to fight who he's supposed to be, that these these gods have made him out to be, but he doesn't want that at all. He wants his normal life back, and so now we have uh, this conflict between do I look out for myself, but I'm also have someone that needs my help here, and so you have the hero, you know, teaming up with a badass, you know, the badass character, like you said, I can. Yeah. That's a great correlation. If Sarah Connor, if you ran into Sarah Connor or Ripley on the side of the road, I need you to help my child. They're like, well, shit. Would I or wouldn't I? And of course, we think Diego's going to. You know, I think he can see the, of the passion there, the love yeah. there, and he's going to do what he does. You know, so I'm excited. Really excited. I know that there's going to be a lot of uh, mysticism, a lot of uh, struggle. You've always touched on the people at home in the book. You've always touched with Diego's friends, that family. You've always kind of, don't forget these guys are still dealing with a loss, you know? He's been gone for a year. They don't know where the alley went. They don't. They, they don't even know he's back. Yeah. So for them, they've lost this person for over a year. They're still mourning. You know, his Zach is mourning, and you know, the, people are starting to move on with their lives, but he hasn't. You know, so and even in a way, Diego's never move, not moving on yet, but he's moving on to the next adventure. So it's really a, a play on that whole moving on, uh, and you know, letting things go. And so I'm excited to see where we end up with this this next chapter and so i definitely want this to hit its goal and i want to read the next the next chapter and we want them what to keep living you know we want this to keep moving forward so i'm really excited for that Javier. i'm really pumped thanks well i got to keep living because this is graphic novel number two <laughs> and in my little notebook here i have i have a 10 volume series planned out like here's a warning to people if you're going to do a 10 graphic novel series Please do it when you're late 20s, not when you're older <laughs> like me. But I got the life experience now that I didn't have for the last 20 years. So that's going to go into the book. And you have a lot more time now because of COVID. So you're, right. you're, you're locked in, you know, and so you're going to be working more and more. But I dig it, man. Like, I always liked your work. I always dug the greatness of it. I love that it's black and white. I dig that it's just kind of you're, you're, you're there for the story. The artwork is great too, but you're there for the story and the black and white give it that grittiness that I like. It gives me like a, it's always giving me the vibe of like the manga, you know, because you touched on manga before. Like, you know, you've had Manga Muerto and, and Devil right. Man and things like that. I, I love that look. So I'm excited to see where this goes. But I'm excited, I'm, I'm, I'm excited too, but I fucked up when I opened up the PDF. I, I, I scrolled to the last, like, for some reason, I ended up on the last page, so I saw right. it, and I was like, fuck. Now I, yeah, I was like, I know what I did, so I didn't read any, but I immediately closed my eyes and went back up, <laughs> so I wouldn't see I know. the last page. Hypnotize yourself to forget. Yeah, I forgot what I saw. Forget, I forgot what I saw. Like, it's like, ah, shit, but anyway, it's, it's still, it's, I'm excited about what I saw on the last page, so it's kind of very ominous type. I don't know. It looks cool. Yep. So, yeah. With the dark, anyway. the dark cloud. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. It's a good cliffhanger. Yeah. Say, say no more. <laughs> yeah, you don't no under- more. I like it because it's. We're not gonna say more because it, it. I don't want to take away from that. Like, oh, like that. Oh, shit moment. The initial you know? rea- that yeah. reaction. That reaction. So I already, I already lost that. I already <laughs> lost that. So that's why I kind of mad. Fuck. So then, but anyways. Well, <laughs> again, we're being so. Discreet, yeah. yeah. There, there's the part where you see what Diego and the girls see, but then there's, there's a three-page uh, interlude after that. Has was has this weird thing, like what the hell is this? So, and then the and then it ends for the reader until they get to read the graphic novel. But hopefully, I did a real, you know, I did a, a nice cover for this book. And um, if they want to get the deluxe version, where they want to get the thumbnails, that's got a different cover. Um, and um, like I said, if they're interested in the in the Abliado art book, they want something with just a lot of color in it, a lot of different good imagery. Um, but anyway, when they, as they look through the Kickstarter, I spent hours and hours, maybe like two days, doing all these nice visual uh, graphics that they could scroll through, and it tells them they're called reward levels. So like, there's a five dollar reward level where they, they they just want the PDF of the whole comic. If they want just a regular comic, it's ten dollars. If they want the deluxe one, so there's a lot of different choices in there, a lot of different um, 
combinations of things. And then I got like there's always the super deluxe expensive ones we get Javier where somebody to wants come to get to your house and you like draw a self portrait ah. with them. Okay, I mean that's <laughs> gonna cost a few thousand. All right, everybody, get out there, make that super it, one happen. It'd have to be a private jet because I ain't gonna get on no plane with people <laughs> coffee and todo eso. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of original art options if they want to own one of the covers to the books or whatever. So, like I said, by the time they hear this, they either look through it, but if they're the first time hearing this, the information will be uh, at the end of, I guess, whatever, on your sites and all that. So No, definitely. We'll, we'll make sure that everything's posted. It should be on our social media by the time this goes live. But Javier, let me ask you a question, man. You know, the comic yeah. industry has always been like a fucking roulette, period. Right, period. Like, there's no guaranteed <laughs> nothing in no. this game, right? With what's happened recently, this is getting a little, like, behind the curtain and inside baseball kind of thing. But, like, what happened with, with Diamond, you know, Diamond the distribu- Distributor, and, ah, that, and right. that, that stuff happening where they just basically shut down. Like, this is going to be a big blow. But, like right. you talked about, you have always self-published. You have always self promote itself got it got yourself out there is this going to be the the turning point where these guys relied too much on a distributor that kind of bites them on the butt that guys like you that are out there hustling and pushing is going to be like hey this is fair game now what do you think yeah yeah let me answer that with the full knowledge that i have different friends who own comic book shops so i'm going to say this like assuming they'll hear this or i would say it in front of them yeah so we need so there's only one distributor in comics, which is stupid, but that's nobody's fault but the way it worked out. Monopoly. We yes. It was. We it is, yeah. look, we need we need the comic shops. Like the comic shops, they're great places where people buy their comics, but they're meeting places and some comic shops do great community things where they have signings, events, team up with libraries. So yes, all of us in the we, yeah, we all want the comic shops to come back, open up full speed, and hopefully we don't lose too many over the last three months. Um, so, yeah, and I hope Diamond can service those comic shops. And, I, yeah, DC is going to do their own distribution, yeah. which is a pain in the ass to the comic shop owner because the owner has to look through the Diamond catalog for all the books, but then they got to look through some D, another catalog now to order DC comics. And I've always heard that's a pain in the ass because Marvel... Tried this in the 90s. Marvel tried to do their own distribution. So anyway, good luck to all the comic shops out there. We love them all and our friends who own them. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll work it out. They have to because, you know, they got to they gotta keep running. So having said that, to me, it doesn't – again, I need, I need the comic shop because I got to go have signings at the local comic shop. Oh, yeah. It would be very selfish. But, but other than that, nothing about Diamond affected me for the last – Almost 22 years. I only had one book go through Diamond in 2002, and it wasn't enough orders. So when I did the second book, they didn't want to carry it. Okay, fine. Don't get all mad about that. So I have not really had any books through Diamond for probably what almost 15, 20 years. So that's why I say it's not. They're not relevant to me personally. Again, hopefully the comic shops can all work it out and everything. But for me, I just sell the comics. My website conventions and signings at stores or I go sell the book. I sell the store my book or I, and I sell at other places. I sell at Latino conventions or festivals, Day of the Dead festivals. Um, occasionally, you can still find a Latino bookstore. So, um, so for me and probably a lot of people like me on my level as far as we're like 100% indie, um, it doesn't really affect us. But I do need and want the comic shop still there because, you know, it's a whole part of, it's an American, part like an Americana thing too. But also, my friends own shops and I want them to have a job and I want a place where I can do signings. Sure, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, and I asked you your, your opinion on it as far as how it's impacting you because you've always done, you know, face-to-face. You've dealt with them directly. Your clientele wants your stuff. They get it. You know what I mean? Like people that want your stuff, that are hungry for Javier Hernandez stuff, get it from you. Right, so it hasn't impacted you in a sense to rely on them to distribute and just send to you, right? So now it comes right. upon the consumer to help support the shop, or the shop being savvy enough of what's the word on the street, what's hot right now. Like they're gonna be the ones having to go look for these books as opposed to knowing, well, hey, 
I know right now they're going to shoot me these books. So these are guaranteed to sell like guaranteed sales. Right. And we're talking business here, but right. like these are guaranteed dollars in my store to help me stay open. Now it's a matter of me, the comic book owner, or comic book shop owner. I'm going to have to have, are we going to go back to those days of in-store visits from the artists coming in and going more of those visits? Like, Hey, Hey man, and this, this stuff, this, this Avenue fell off. This is my book. Here's my stuff. Let's make a relationship happen. Is there more of that going to have to happen now? Or are we still going to fall? Is someone going to step in and take Diamond's place? And that's the scary thing we think about. Like, this big void is going to be filled by another monopoly. Another conglomerate or whatever. Uh, okay, that, that I don't know. And you know, when you first asked that question rhetorically, is it going to... You know, my, in my head what I thought, like, well, I don't want to say it out loud because it sounds rude. But I'm not being rude to you or... No, no, no. I go, I w- I'd say, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me if there's another, if there's a new distributor. Like, I'm still doing what I do. I go to the shows, I go to the stores directly. If there's a distributor who's more open to indie books, lower selling indie books, I would, you know, I would check out their site and see what they need, see what their requirements are. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know what to say. I'm just like, I'm a Ronin, man. I just, a masterless samurai. I'm just getting my books out there. I, I, I. (laughs) <laughs> but I think is I reach out to podcasts or blogs and hey, you, you want a guest on your show? Definitely, yeah. man. That that face to face thing. I'm thinking that like the door to door salesman, like the door to door guy right now, business to business, all that stuff. Like that's gonna have a resurgence, especially with comic books and in indie. Yeah, DC, Marvel are gonna do their own distribution. They're gonna have their own pitches and reservation model, what have you, right? When it comes to product, like pre orders and all that. But I think that there is gonna be. Here's my hope. My hope is that not one freaking company steps in and takes that place. I hope that uh, amalgamate of different companies come in and try to do their own publishing, their own distribution, like that specialize in Latino creators or specialize in these indie comic books, specialize in this. And we have a big old mix of that to where we have multiple things going on. We have that resurgence of people that want it. And hopefully that leads to more competition, that leads to more books being brought on, money being tossed around to people that, that deserve it. You know, and like a name like yours can be used. Hey, you know what? Hey, this guy has some some fan base. He's usually on his own. Let's reach out to him, see if we can bring him on. And we're talking about a real collection of people the right way, as opposed to one big old just corporate entity. You don't want Amazon to just be like, all right, we're we're Diamond now. You know, I don't want that. No, no, exactly. No, exactly, exactly. Um, Well, Latinos Latinos are cool right now. It might happen. (laughs) Hey, man, we. We've been, I've been, we've been cool at least since 1998 when I did my first book. <laughs> no, but you know what? It's this. I, I can bring this talk back around to Kickstarter, not just my project, but because you're talking about distribution. So there's been, you know, comic books on Kickstarter are a very uh, vibrant, uh, lucrative thing. I should say. I, I don't know what percentage of Kickstarter comics are. Not probably not huge, but. Yeah, Kickstarters. I've seen. There's a new comic that just came out by Jim Rugg, October Brianna. Hope I pronounced it right. I, I backed it. He asked for five thousand. It's, it's like a neon. It's a. Uh, oh, was it neon art? What do you call those neon poster? Black light. You oh, know those okay. black light posters? Yeah. His comic. His comic is like that. It's colored in crazy black light neon colors. It's not true black light. Like you don't need a black light bulb to read it. But anyway. He had, he was doing a Kickstarter for five thousand. You know how much he raised? Throw out the weirdest, throw out the craziest number you can think of. Twenty thousand dollars. Man, you're small time kiddo. Woo! 95. Damn! Why? People, what? no, it's a beautiful looking book. I I can't wait. I I, I can't wait to get mine. I'm curious now. Uh, so the point of that is. Not every book's going to do that. I, I'm not expecting that. I mean, but Kickstarter is a whole new venue. Like, you know, so like I said, I, I do conventions, go to comic shops, my website. I'm looking, hopefully, if I'm lucky, I can add Kickstarter to my uh, multiple, you know, outlets. Yeah. Because people look for comics on Kickstarter. Um, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I want to get a lot of new readers, too, not just my old-time wonderful friends and fans. Um, but I, I've backed 
66 Kickstarters. I looked at my thing. I was surprised. Damn. Over the year. Over the years. And think about it. I found those comics because I'm on Twitter and some guys all, hey, look at this book. Uh, Tomato Man or whatever. You know what? Oh, I never heard of that. Yeah. And I go to Kickstarter. Hey, I'm going to back that book. 20 bucks. I want the, you know. So a lot of people I'm going to assume will be first time ever hear about me and El Muerto. So that's good. So that's a distribution outlet. Um, they're not a, they're not a, I hate people say Kickstarter is like the number one publisher or whatever. They're not a publisher. I'm the publisher. They're a platform, which is very big, important, but don't, no one puts Kickstarter on their, on the corner of their comic, you know, it's like Kickstarter comic group. Like, no. Um, but it's a venue for us creators out there, whether musicians or, you know, uh, comics or painting, whatever, or invent a machine, whatever. Yeah. It's another outlet to, you know, either circumvent or just reach out a whole new audience. So. No, I man, I'm glad that you have that avenue, right? And that the internet, the world we're in, is allowing you to still create, is allowing you to put yourself on this platform, and that that does exist. Not only this one, there's others, like you said, right? Indiegogo, what have you, that allows us as creators right. to put ourselves out there. Now, it is scary. It is scary as hell because you're literally saying out there, hey, do you like me? You know, <laughs> like, do you like me or yeah. love this idea enough? Do you love me? Do you love do me? You... <laughs> make the Swayze in you. But, like, do you love this book or this idea enough? Or do you look at it like, man, this pitch, my, I have this idea in my head. This pitch is dope. Here it goes. And then it doesn't happen. Damn. That's a blow. You know, it's a blow. But yeah, that's Javier. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. Positive vibes. But I know you enough that this isn't gonna stop you from creating El Muerto. Like this is just, you know what? Let me put myself out there, really give it a give everything behind it that I can. But it's not gonna stop you. It's gonna make you want to go after. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I've been doing it. Dude, I've been doing comics 22 years independently. You know what I mean? Under my own steam. Obviously, you have the support of people like you guys helping get the word out. Obviously, the people who buy the book, that's the only reason you're still doing it because they're they're selling. But when you're a one-person operation like I am, you know, I write and draw my own comics and publish it. Yeah, it's um, it's just this burning passion. It's very pure. It's not like an anger. It's just this pure passion, desire that that's what you want to do with your life. Um, at least as an artist, you know, like that's that's your thing. That's and the fuel for being that motor, artist, man. That fuel for that motor in you. Like I have to use that phrase. It's that right. engine, that motor that that just propels you to move you to get this done. And it's inspiring, man, because a lot of people don't have the balls to put themselves out there like that. You know, like to. Even you, you, you have a little bit of longevity. Your name carries clout. You know, you, you say you don't, but people consider you like I'm not gonna name names to put them out there. But people that are creating right now, they're telling me like one of my heroes was Javier Hernandez. You know, and they're creating their own books right now. You know, like one wow. of my hero was Javier Hernandez. So like, your name carries clout, and you're still putting yourself out there. You're still working. That engine propels you, and let us, let our dollars, let our energy, our vibes. You know feed that engine you know i'm hoping that like i said by the time this comes out that we've reached that goal and then some so that way we can really motivate you to, to keep going i really do no thank you Freddie. appreciate that and um well you know there's stretch goals in the campaign so people will check out i got at least three stretch goals like the goal is 2000 and then i have like a certain quantity okay if we get this next one then there's a new item that everybody gets um, and then there's two other ones after that. So yeah, I, everybody's support is uh, is completely uh, important. And I mean, this is not going to happen without people supporting it. So I, again, I thank you guys. Very good. Anybody else? Welcome, thank you, sir. No, and um, but yeah, folks, check it out. Yeah, check out Javier's work. Check out his Kickstarter, which we'll have on our website, of course, and our, our social media. And check out, you know, Javier. Uh, just give us your uh, your website. Give us where the fans can go to look up this information, maybe your social media. What, where can people find you and find this information? 
Yeah, well, Instagram, I guess, the very popular one of the very popular ones right now. So it's um, Javier Los Comics, J A V I E R L O S C O M E X, Los Comics. Um, my Instagram. Um, they can go to Havzilla.com. That's like my blog. Havzilla, J A V Z I L L A dot com. So I think those will be the two quickest ones to put out there verbally. Perfect. And then, I, yeah, you guys will have these linked, the other ones linked up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Walter, you, you've been quiet, man. You know, you've been quiet on this what? conversation. Cause I, I don't know anything about fucking comic book business, man. <laughs> so I've been, I've been actually learning. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you're like, he's a, he's yeah. been tippy-toeing into the comic verse, if you would, Javier, you know? Like, yeah. and... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a new, I'm a new convert. Yeah, just trying to consume more and more, little by little, you know. So like, I'll buy some, and then I'll just put them on my like right now. Now, now, ahorita ya con, I'll probably start consuming more comic books now, cause uh, uh, now that I have a daughter, like I'll just I'll, I'll read, I'll read it to her, like reading loud and stuff, and then I'll I'll we'll, we'll take turns, you know. Like I'll read one, I'll read two pages, and then I'll give it to her, and she'll just grab it and go da 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 da. <laughs> and it's like fucking adorable, you know. So then, I don't know. I'll probably start consuming more and more and more now that I I am reading comic books to to my daughter. So pretty cool, man. Like yeah, I'll just start. It's a, it's a new thing, but it'll I'll make it a thing with my daughter, and she'll be a a, a comic book consumer as she grows. With you guys. What's crazy so, is Walter. Yeah. Like you know Javier Hernandez, you know like that's a that's a thing, dude. Like within the community, Javier Hernandez. El muerto, like that, that carries weight. You don't even know how good you got it right now. <laughs> I don't know. Babe, that's how things happen a lot of times, man. It's like, so, man. Hey, Walter, Walter's still riding high from the last episode when you guys interviewed the legendary Lalo Alcades, man. Come on. It's true. We yeah, so how the fuck did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to get, you know, we have some interviews lined up here just for the listeners as well. I know we had Lalo last week. We have Javier now. Uh, next week, we're interviewing the guys from Five Meets. We're going to have uh, Rolando, right. and we're going to have Oscar yeah. on the show as well. Uh, hopefully, get kind of get their story, their vibe, their ideas there. They've done you know Kickstarter as well. Like This is another example of people supporting their work. They do a more a different, more of like a, com- like a, a comedy you know, book. It's, it's right. funny. It's more adult, uh, but definitely something to check out, guys, next week. Lalo's was great as well. And the one thing that everybody always touches back on man is what you told me on our last interview you're like everyone's always said just do you do your work for you you know like it's my book it's my idea my story and stick to your guns like this is this is what i need to do and that's always been kind of like i always reference back when you say that uh to give anybody any type of advice you know actually people have asked me randomly and it's not like i'm like me and walter do this as you know therapy we do it as a hobby maybe one day we'll make some money on it that'd be amazing right uh but like at the end of the day we're doing us you know and i really uh touch back on what everybody every advice these guys have given us if you've given us is just do you you know and i'm hoping that you sticking to those guns javier like you always have for so long working on your book your story your characters you know that that drives us to to get your goals and just get the 10 books done I'm all ready for the 10 bucks, yeah. man. Easy for him to say, Walter. He's just sitting there reading them. I got to make these things. But thank you. Thank you, Freddie, man. That's awesome. Um, getting high on, on, on paint fumes and whatever. Right? Yeah. But, um, but, um, yeah, marker. Before we, uh, <laughs> before we end the show, you know, is there um, anything else you feel you want to tell the fans out there, the listeners out there? Please feel free. You have the floor. You know, we always want to make sure we give our, our guests a moment just to, you know, say their goodbyes or thanks. Anything you want to say? Go right ahead. Well, again, obviously, check out the Kickstarter campaign. That's, you know, I put all my, I put so much into it. But, um, yeah, any, any, anyone out there, like you alluded to, uh, anyone creative in the creative field, but definitely any young, even old Latinos who want to do something they haven't maybe done before. Maybe they want to do the first comic. Uh, or the first, you know, I don't know, rock album or whatever it is. But let's talk comics or art. I mean, just you you do it because you love it. And um, like you guys are doing this podcast because you love it. 
and I'm doing my comic because I love it. I was doing it back in 98 because I loved it. Was making a lot of money on it. And then, lo and behold, I did an interview and I got a interest from a Hollywood, a independent Hollywood people to make a film out of my comic, and we made the movie, and that was years ago. And it's like, wow, how cool. I got the co- movie made out of the comic. And uh, But I was just doing the comic because I loved it, not because I wanted to get a movie out of it. And all these other things that have happened to me all these years, you know, all the traveling and just talking to people and working with other people. And it, right, right till today, it's just because I love telling my own stories, you know, my way, um, the way I want to do it. And it's great that things catch up to that. You got a movie out of this or... You got invited to speak at this university, but so that stuff changes, like the different invites, the different opportunities. But the core thing of loving what I'm doing, that doesn't change. It, in fact, it just gets uh, continuously renewed and refueled, and you know, so it's a circular motion, and it just a wheel moves forward when it's in motion. So that's what I'm doing. Well, you have a hell of a lot of material going on in the world that we live in, so I'm sure, and I'm sure it'll seep in. So. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. But thank you, guys, and listeners. Thank you for supporting the primos here. They do a lot of work on their podcast. They're always trying to find good guests. I know these guys are huge supporters of Latino community, Latinidad. So you guys keep it real for everybody out there. And again, I really appreciate you having me on to pedal my uh, Kickstarter. Don't let it fail, people. Support, please. Support, <laughs> yeah. support, support, support guys. Definitely go for that Kickstarter. Again, look up uh, Javier. We'll have all our links on our social media as well. Primos, you know, from me, Javier, and Primo Walter, Chicume, Siete, Ulises. Not, well, not, to, be, not to be confused uh, with Chicharito Hernandez. Uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's true, right. You know? But it's just, uh, I want to say thank you all for listening and take care of each other. And let's go support this Kickstarter, guys. That we all have inside. Good night.